Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Now, there's there's been so much going on in the world. Uh, it's been a really big month, the month of August. Um, we've got uh, the uh, Pfizer uh, C19 jab was approved by the FDA. Um, so, uh, and I'll go into that a little bit more in a, in a different episode. But it's one of the big highlights, and of course, our our uh, Pentagon is pushing forward with, a, with their uh, plan, I guess you can call it a plan, um, to ensure the uh, maximum amount of uh, federal employees and military personnel, you know, are fully vaccinated against this scourge. You know, so, but that's not what I wanted to talk about tonight. I'll, I'll save that one for probably tomorrow night. <laughs> but tonight, I just wanted to have a conversation about, um, I don't know if it's life imitating art or art imitating life, but, um, as I go back and I rewatch, um, just a lot of my favorite movies from the past, um, every so often I'll come across one that, um, I find some very eerie similarities, (laughs) uh, to just what we've seen over the past two years or the past 10 years or 20 years. And, uh, you know, I, I watched The Matrix. I, you know, I've talked about that one and, and the comparisons are, are pretty obvious. But um, the one that I watched uh, recently, it's titled V for Vendetta. And it came out in 2005. Um, it starred Natalie Portman, uh, Hugo Weaving and, and uh, a whole host of um, uh, characters. So it, it was an interesting movie. Um, it was labeled as a uh, dystopian political action film. And it came from a screenplay written by the Wachowskis who uh, who wrote the screenplay and everything for The Matrix. You know, so they, they kind of have a bit of a knack for um, <laughs> dystopian futures. So this movie, just to give you, for those who, who, who haven't seen it, um, what it is, it's it's set in, in a um, alternative future where a uh, a group, well, titled as a uh, Nordic supremacist and uh, neo-fascist totalitarian regime has just completely taken over uh, the United Kingdom. And the the whole population, they're they're pretty much. Uh, well, peasants, essentially, um, there's a. Uh, there are celebrities, you know, there's um, the political elite, corporate elite, all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the movie lightly highlights some of that stuff as far as the, the hierarchy um, under uh, totalitarianism. Um, but it's centered around that. That's that is the big piece. Um, and then you have uh, V, who's played by Hugo Weaving, who's um, listed as a uh, terrorist and, and a uh, anarchist. Um, who goes around trying to um, expose people to the truth and um, exactly what happened and, and remind people of the past and, and past revolutions that were fought to free um, to free a society from the grips of tyranny. Um, and a lot of his actions in this movie are uh, incredibly violent, um, very destructive, and um, uh, it's uh, a pretty wild movie, to, to say the least. 
you know, so there's there's knife throwing and bombs exploding and, you know, all, all kinds of wild stuff, you know, kung fu and, <laughs> you know, it's it's a Wachowski thing. So, you know, you always got to squeeze in some some kung fu, uh, which is which is always interesting. So there that that's that's a brief synopsis right there. But the part of it that that got me when I was watching it and I just wondered, like, man, how, how have I not noticed this before? <laughs> Uh, but w- within the movie, there are some detectives trying to track down V, the the terrorist. And while doing so, they start to un- uncover a lot of um, uh, government secrets. And, you know, uh, one in particular was a bioweapons program where a uh, virus was developed, uh, which was titled the, the St. Mary's virus. And the more they started to dig these detectives, I mean, there were people starting to disappear and and, and vanish because we're talking about a totalitarian regime, you know. Uh, So we're talking about one party and the military and the police. um, It's they're all an extension of the party. The people are extension of the party. So it's quite easy to just make people uh, disappear. Um, uh, Just think of uh, Germany in the in the in the uh, 1940s, late 1930s, early 1940s. And it's that, that same concept. So these detectives, they're, they're starting to dig and they start to find um, links that show that their government at that time uh, created this virus, this St. Mary's virus. And under the direction of the, uh, I guess it would be the equivalent of their, their Secretary of Defense, um, at that time, and the character's name is Sutler, not that that matters, but just so you know, under his direction, he decided to release the virus in a, a train station, um, a water treatment plant, and at a school, St. Mary's School. So it resulted in the deaths of over 100,000 people. And, you know, when this incident happened, there was just mass chaos all across the country. Um, people completely lost faith in the um, in their political system, in their leadership, um, and the people were scrambling for someone who had answers. And lo and behold, um, this particular party, which in the movie is um, uh, listed as the uh, Norse Fire Party, they step forward with a solution. And they step forward with a uh, with a uh, a leader, a uh, a high chancellor, who steps in to the position um, with no no real pushback, no hostility. I mean, the people were uh, living in uh, absolute fear. I mean, they were in the middle of a quote unquote pandemic, so they were willing to accept um, anyone and anything, any plan, anything that you know would give them even the the taste of uh normalcy anything to get back to the way things were anyone who would promise to protect them uh from this virus now the the high chancellor and his close friends um that were uh that were in parliament within this movie uh they they profited a great deal um off of the cure for the virus which they sold through their contacts, through their corporations, and which they distributed to the people. 
And the people, of course, were so terrified that they just lined up to get their shot. Didn't ask questions. And of course, I mean, we're talking about totalitarianism. So, you know, most people are terrified to really ask questions, especially if it, if there are questions that exist outside of um, that approved spectrum of thought or approved spectrum of conversation. So they just lined right up. Now, this movie flashes forward. They do some flashbacks, but, you know, it flashes forward to what would have been, you know, the, the present day in this alternative uh, future. And you have people that are constantly being monitored by their government and state agencies, their conversation. I mean, their, their phones are always tapped. Someone's always listening in. Um, uh, they have their own version of the NSA that's going through all their email traffic and everything, listening to all their voicemails. They have a, uh, a police state, you know, that, that answers directly to the high chancellor and operates as a, um, almost like the, 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 like Hitler's brown shirts, you know, where they just, they're a secret police and they just go out and they can just round people up and make people disappear, you know, and I'm still talking about the movie, by the way, I have to make sure I, <laughs> I have to keep stating that it, this is, this is all, this is the movie. It's a <clears throat> fictional fictional movie about a dystopian future um but you have all those elements just the high levels of surveillance constant control um people are unable to move around as they please uh, most of the people have little badges and things they have to use to get into buildings to get into their office work all that stuff they're they're constantly being monitored um but so many of the people still believe that they're free and once things were set in this way for five years, 10 years, I believe in the movie, it went to 14 years. People just accepted it as the quote unquote new normal. And it wasn't until this, this, um, this vigilante, this V um, started to publicly broadcast things along the, uh, the national network on television and, you know, just trying to explain to people exactly what's happened and, you know, how they got to this point and daring them to ask questions, daring them to, to challenge authority. Now, to me, I would say that that makes sense. I mean, up until you get to all the violence and destruction, you can, you can question um, authority and you can resist certain things that you that go against your religious beliefs or your phil philosophical position or philosophical beliefs. Um, you can do that in a, in a peaceful and nonviolent way. So that's that's where this the character, this fictional character in this fictional movie um, started to lose me. But I still found the story fascinating. And it ties this this terrorist V to uh, to uh, another individual, Natalie uh, Natalie Portman's uh, character, um, Evie, who works for a, uh, a I think she's uh, she works for a news network, and she has some some connections to different people with within that space, um, but they end up becoming friends after he saves her, um, and then uh, he ends up sort of liberating her and getting her to see. Um, the world for what it really is and uh, understanding that she's not powerless 
you know, that she, she can make a difference and she can stand up for what she believes in. She doesn't have to hide who she is. And there's a lot of that in that movie where uh, people are hiding um, a lot of their beliefs and concerns and ideas and everything out of fear of being ostracized or, well, in this case, um, disappearing in some black hole forever and they're never being able to see their friends and family again. <laughs> Uh, because once again, we're talking about a uh, totalitarian regime. We're talking about a majority party or a super party that dominates. So looking at this movie, and there's plenty of others that have some some glaring similarities to where we are now. But um, when, you, when you talk about these things, people are so afraid um, I don't know if it's maybe a, a fear of being wrong or fear of being right. Um, because sometimes when you when you find out you're right, um, but but what you outlined was something incredibly horrific or almost unimaginable uh, or something just just incredibly terrible and disturbing. You don't want to be right. So I believe there are so many people that are so afraid that they might be right, that it's best to just be neutral, be silent, be compliant, you know, be quiet. Just just go sit in a corner and wait. And maybe some other people might stand up and do the right thing and um, and ask relevant questions and voice their concerns and, and their opinions and act as if um, this is uh, still a free nation. I mean, there's lots of that. Just sit back, put your head in the sand, and just wait and see what happens. But when you bring these things up, and it's just amazing how quickly people will write certain things off, but they'll quickly accept other things. I mean, I have people all the time that will ask me questions about the uh, about these shots. And I'm no medical professional, which I, I'm quick to state that I have no background in virology or any of that stuff. Um, uh, but I, I do have a, a bit of common sense. I do know how to read information and, and interpret words and, you know, all that all that basic stuff. Um, and I, I do feel confident enough that I can make a choice um, about something involving my body, you know, my, my bodily autonomy. And I can make that decision with confidence um, and and I will be able to accept, you know, whatever is the end result of the choice that I've made, whatever the, the consequences are that comes with that choice. So people ask me questions and, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm, and I'm happy to share. Um, but of course, you always got to throw in the dis disclaimers and I always have to, like I said before, just hey, I'm, I'm not a medical professional in this. This is my own personal position involving my own body. I am not telling anyone else what to do with their body because no one, no one whatsoever, no matter what suit or uniform they wear, no matter what position they sit in in office, you know, no matter what special title they have, no one should have the right to dictate what you do with your body, what you put in your body or take out of your body. I mean, we can go all day about all the other little nuances involved with finance and business and all that kind of stuff and all the legalities of this and that and who owns which property and all that. Sure, that's that's fine and dandy. But once you get to the human body, 
you know, that that's where you get into the individual rights. You know, that that thing that, you know, uh, governments are supposed to be uh, primarily focused on protecting their citizens, individual rights. Remember that? When's the last time we saw any of that? They strayed pretty far away from that. But that's that's where that's where that focus should be on those individual rights and the individual should be able to make their own decisions about their body. Period. Period. And might I add that the taxpayers should not be forced um, to supplement those choices. You know, or, or fund the consequences of the poor choices others make involving their body and you know which that that takes us down a different different rabbit hole but uh let me try and stay let me try and stay focused here so here we are in 2021 and last year this was in the summer when when all the the racial justice social justice all the riots were going on where it was you know justice for floyd as you know dozens were murdered in the streets <laughs> You know, so when all that was going on and then in the backdrop, you still had the lockdowns going on. Um, you still had the mask mandate, social distancing, all that stuff going on. You know, uh, two weeks to flatten a curve, 10 years to flatten a curve, whatever it is now. So all that going on. And I had so many conversations where I if you just walk it, if you walk everything that's happened, you know, and, and if you just stop stop measuring the government and measuring these political officials by a, uh, a standard by which you measure yourself. You know, you, when you look at people and you look at, you know, when people talk about Biden and, you know, oh, he's an idiot, he's this and that. I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're assuming that his goals are the same as yours and his inability to achieve those goals that, that you have, that you believe he has means that he's incompetent, but you're assuming that his, his goals align with yours. But what if they don't? And that's how you should start to measure these people. That's how you should start to uh, measure uh, their actions, the way they vote, you know, what bills get pushed out, all that stuff, you know, and try to determine it, who exactly is it that they serve. And then you can kind of connect it from there. So what is the next logical step? And last year, when we still when I, once we crossed two, three months of this, and it was easy to see how much money would be left on the table if all this just ended abruptly. I immediately in every conversation I would try and throw out there, hey, you know, the vac vaccines are coming. And these things need to go out. And our, our governments are going to back up these pharmaceutical companies. They're not there's not going to be any real uh, liability. Um, tracking mechanisms for tracking any adverse reactions or deaths as a result to these vaccines, it's either going to be non-existent or it's going to be incredibly difficult to uh, to pull solid data on anything that's that's negative, <laughs> anything that's negative and tied to uh, whether it be mask mandates, lockdowns, social distancing. Um, the, 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 the C-19 jabs, all that stuff, you know, the whole process for, for tracking and reporting that stuff is going to be co convoluted um, intentionally made to be a very complicated process. Now for deaths, 
from COVID or cases, that that criteria is going to be so loose that you'll be able to count just about anybody as, as a COVID death or a COVID positive. And that's exactly what happened. Because at that time, what I saw as the end goal was for vaccines to be pushed out, to become FDA approved, become mandated at all levels to the point where it's, it's incredibly hard for anyone to escape this and then get everyone on a annual cycle or a semi-annual cycle where you have to get additional shots or you have to get a shot, one shot each year, or I'm sorry, two shots to kind of make you fully vaccinated for the year and then a, a booster shot somewhere in there. And this would create a pretty steady uh, revenue stream. And for anyone who is tied to, to Pfizer or uh, Moderna or Johnson and Johnson, I mean, you are, you've got it made in the shade. You've got a constant pipeline of customers, customers that are forced to accept your product or they have to live on the fringes of society because that's, that's the next just full, just mandates across the board for in every level of government, any government employee, all military personnel, every branch, you know, then go to the education sector, all, all teachers and assistant teachers, principal, the whole admin staff, all that stuff. You know, then you have all the city workers and all their, all their employees and everything, you know, across the board. Then somehow tie it to uh, receiving funding for small businesses or whatever and, you know, dangle that carrot. And just keep and just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then the whole time they can still say, hey, it's, it's a free country. You know, you, you have your freedom of choice. You don't have to get this thing. But of course, if you don't, you can't travel internationally or nationally. Um, you can't travel to these cities or to these locations or to these monuments or to these national parks. Your kids can't go to these schools. You can't enter these buildings. You can't go to any of the restaurants ballparks, uh, football stadiums, concerts, um, pretty much all the things that humans like to do. You can't do any of that, but you still have your freedom of choice. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's called coercion and that, that's a, that's a cutesy way of putting a gun to someone's head without putting the gun to their head. Literally, you know, do, do as we say, you have a choice, but if you don't do what we say, we're going to make it next impossible for you to live a normal life, you and your family based on, quote-unquote, the science. Which is just the saddest thing I've, one of the saddest things I've heard in recent years, the science, settled science. That That's the most, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because anyone with, with half a brain and, and, and eyes that are open and ears that are functional, you know, should be able to understand that science evolves. As new information is introduced, things start to change. That's how... That's how we reach this point where we are now. At one point, people thought certain things were right, and then they found out that it was wrong. At one point, um, it was recommended that pregnant women drink wine all the time. You know, it was, it was okay for pregnant women to smoke. But then they determined, oh, oh, that that's that's wrong. We we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so then the science changed because it's just science. But this this is where we are. And now, you know, I've got 
I've got people contacting me, you know, hey, you know, uh, the, the FDA approved the uh, Pfizer shot, you know, so what are you going to do? Well, my nothing's changed. My answer is still no. Like, no, no, thank you. I don't I don't want it. <laughs> I, I'm 39 years old. I'm healthy. I, I run every other day. I work out. I swim. I run with my daughter. You know, she does her thing, you know, and we're, we're perfectly fine. And I've taken multiple COVID tests for international travel and for other things that I was working on for work. Always negative. Never a problem. And I haven't had any symptoms. I honestly haven't been sick in several years. I take care of myself. I drink, you know, I get my vitamin C. I get some vitamin C drinks, that kind of stuff. I go outside. I get sunlight. I get fresh air. You know, it's amazing what the human body can withstand when it's prepared. It's, it's amazing how all the all these natural things that we're not allowed to talk about anymore that helped us survive for thousands of years. But within the past, like 100, 200 years, no longer, you know, only a government can keep us alive kind of thing. It, it's laughable. And the fact that people still so many. Some are starting to get it. Some are, some are, they're opening their eyes. They're starting to actually read and ask questions. But so many people, uh, still, they don't see just how insane a lot of this stuff is. I mean, it's, uh, the, the people talk about it like it's, it's just such, it's such a casual thing. Every so often I'll have someone just tell me that, you know, why don't you just get the shot and get, and just move on with your life? Just get the shot. Well, why? Why should why tell me why I should get in? You know, and, and drop those the, those ridiculous talking points that that CNN and Fox News and whoever else, you know, just shoved down your throat, you know, in the evening for you to regurgitate throughout the day. You know, s- slow down the spread, stop the spread. You know, don't don't kill grandma. You know, think of your family, think of your friends. I am. I'm thinking of everyone. That's why I take care of my body. So when I get old, you know, I, I don't have a bunch of health issues and I don't continue to cripple our already crippled uh, healthcare system and force others to have to pay money to keep me alive and to keep me healthy. I'd, I'd have to say that that's 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 pretty unselfish. <laughs> that That's a pretty smart move for anyone to take. But when you talk about just injecting some random thing in me that I don't need. That I don't need. These things are products. And the last time I checked, you have to sell me on this. You don't get to just say, hey, you're not sick, but you're sick. So you need to take this thing. No. No. Absolutely not. And I I don't have to be, you know, uh, running around screaming and shouting about um, mRNA and and how fresh this technology is as far as being used as a... uh, well, within a quote unquote vaccine, even though technically these these aren't vaccines, you know, if, if you look at the definition and the history of vaccines in this country, you'll see that, that they're not. But it's a whole nother story. But I shouldn't have to go down this road and, and give all these explanations and justify my position. You know, it's it's my body. So I should be able to say no, no, thank you. And there's so many analogies if you just switch some of the words out. You'll see just how insane all this is. I had someone throw one out there about uh, uh, cancer. You know, hey, if there's 
one 1% chance that, you know, you could, uh, you could have a form of cancer, you know, would you be okay with the government forcing you to undergo chemotherapy based on the chance that there's a 1% chance that you could have cancer? Or would you consult with your own primary health care physician, with your own doctor and make the determination with your one-on-one interaction with your doctor without the government in the middle of it? I'm pretty sure I can just guess how most people would answer that. But what's happening now or what's being attempted is to essentially have a uh, quite a few bureaucrats and um, politicians have su- supreme power. I mean, some people may not be able to see just how significant uh, 20 or well, last year and this year, how, how significant these years are leading up to 2030. I'm here to tell you like that this is unprecedented. If an organization, if, if, if a pharmaceutical company can have such a strong sway over some of our medical professionals, over most of our political officials and our institutions that are built within it, you know, I mean, what chance do we have as a society that yearns to be a free society? I mean, there's so much that's at stake here. Yes, the, the Constitution, which is at, at the rate this is going, it's going to be worthless in just a couple of years. Absolutely. It'll be a cute little thing you can look at in a museum and people can think back to the past when it mattered. But it's been picked apart over the past few decades. To the point now where we've got bills are being introduced that are just giving more and more power to our federal agencies, no shrinkage, no, no scaling back, ramping up. I mean, I, I talked about HR uh, 49080, which is designed to grant special powers to our Department of Homeland Security to essentially stop people from traveling within this country if you're unvaccinated. You can be, you could be stopped and detained. Now it hasn't been signed into law. It was just introduced. I actually got to jump on uh, Congress.gov and take a look at where it is in the process. But uh, the last time I checked, which was about a week and a half ago, it was just being introduced, and it was endorsed. But there's so much happening under these these cloaks of, I don't know, uh, of altruism about. Just, hey, we're, we're the do-gooders. You know, we're, we're just trying to look out for everybody. We, we know what's best for you. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Like we're toddlers. Even though well, we've been conditioned to somewhat um, regress back to the mindset of a toddler, um, just a bunch of grown man babies or something where, you know, we're, we're smart enough to pull the lever and operate the machinery, but we're too dumb or too lazy um, or too incoherent or too incurious to ask why am I pulling this lever and who's benefiting from my labor and exactly what the heck is happening here. <laughs> but that, that is, that is, that is where we're going. And I look out and, you know, there are a lot of people that, that are friends, people I still consider them friends that when you talk to them about this kind of stuff, the, the, the blind faith, Blind faith and gnome liars, crooks, thieves, and degenerates, whether it be within uh, these these government institutions, with our political officials, with the bureaucrats, with 
um, the pharmaceutical companies with big pharma in general, the fact that people can still just be so carefree about this. Not everyone, but enough. At least three quarters of this country is. The adults to just say, hey, well, if all I have to do is get this shot to return back to normal, eh, why not? Just roll your sleeve up. I mean, I had someone on social media insinuate that uh, those who are, that don't just roll their sleeve up and, and get the shot are being cowardice and selfish. I mean, what, what what type of madness is that? I mean, it's like complete inversion of everything, of principles and, and ideologies and you know, all that stuff where everything's been turned on its head, where, you know, war is peace and, and, and up is down and ignorance is strength. And, you know, and so many people, though, make statements about like just just having this blind faith. And they will criticize those who are willing to just ask a few questions before they allow some foreign substance to be injected in them. And as this carries on, there's going to be more and more division. And as the vaccinated continue to, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> outgrow the unvaccinated, and as more special privileges, or at least the, the illusion of special privileges, um, are projected and, and, um, and given to those that are vaccinated, we're going to have even more uh, conflict and, and skirmishes amongst ourselves. You know, meanwhile, the, the political elite, corporate elite, the rich and wealthy, they're unaffected by all this as usual. But we continue to just press on. It's the most, the most bizarre thing. And I mean, last year it was all very confusing. I was still trying to get my bearings because of you know, uh, we had 24 hour, 24 seven news coverage of all these riots and all this chaos and mayhem, um, because I believe the point was just to sway um, overall public satisfaction in our political system at that time to assist in, you know, dethroning the, the president of that time, getting someone in that's a bit more, you know, for the status quo and, and a bit more compliant and um, a bit more quiet so we had all that going on and it, I mean it was incredibly disturbing all of it um, but once I got my bearing and, and things started to calm down I stepped back and I started to look at a lot of this stuff and you know I'm a numbers guy but I, I just I have a hard time believing that you know Pfizer is focused on looking out for the little guy and, and just wants to do good and just save everybody and help everybody Right. But they're set to make over 30 billion dollars from this, from these COVID shots. And we're, and we're talking these are short term projections. One year, two years, three years. I mean, these are short term. Short term, short range, and they're going to make so much money. And no one, no one is going to address that. You know, I just we can we just can't. We can't follow the money. We can't 
we can't do the numbers. We can't ask questions, relevant questions, you know, and our political officials pretty much if our, uh, I don't know if you can call it our, the journalists, but we, ha we rely on them and c press conference after press conference when they ask just these, these just softball scripted questions with the occasional one kind of difficult question where they act like they're pressing the, you know, the, the press secretary or they're pushing the president, you know, to answer something difficult. It's the most ridiculous, you know, show. That's it. Just just a show. It, it's hard to even watch anymore, even for laughs, even just to get a good chuckle. It's it's hard to watch because it's the most sad, pathetic and obvious thing that I've seen in, in, in all my life. But we just keep continue to, to push on and and act as though this is completely normal. Just the fact that, you know, they're educated men and women, some that even work in the medical field. That would tell me to just shut up and get the shot and move on with my life. <laughs> as the response to me just stating, hey, I want to exercise my freedom of choice in this free nation allegedly free nation and you know I, I just don't feel like it's for me you know I'm not sick what if he gets sick I, I have an immune system what if immune system is strong enough well it's still my choice and I'm perfectly fine with accepting the consequences if that's how it all shakes up well you're just selfish and blah blah blah, blah. you know it's like well wait why I don't care what you're doing I don't really care what you put in your body why are you so concerned with what I'm doing <laughs> And then you, you get these things and you can still you can still get COVID. You can still transmit it. Right. And you can still die from it. Well, uh, it's it's incredibly small chance of that ever happening. You know, it's, it's very rare. OK, so you're telling me that it's still possible. No matter how rare it is, it's still possible. Just like how thousands of people died shortly after getting these shots. Okay. Oh, well, that's, you know, that, that could have been from anything. It could have been, you know, uh, some other contributing factor, which I, I love how now we care about contributing factors when, you know, when we were trying to stack up those COVID deaths last year and early this year, you know, no one wanted to talk about contributing factors. But now when you're talking about the quote unquote vaccines, you know, oh, now, now, well, wait a minute. He, I think he had a heart condition and that's what happened, even though he died three days after getting <laughs> The Pfizer shot, you know, and it, and I and I have to keep throwing it out there. If you just go to the vares.hhs.gov website, if you just go there, even the CDC has even reported some of these numbers. Of course, they'll add a little caption like, oh, well, it still hasn't been determined. Like uh, the vaccines haven't been officially linked to their cause of death. OK, well, if someone gets a shot and they die the next day I would say there's a pretty good chance that it has something to do with it especially when you're talking about thousands of people no small number I mean there have been plenty of other um, might I add FDA approved products that have killed people and that were immediately pulled and I'm not talking about 
you know, high numbers. I'm talking 50, 60, 100 deaths, and they were pulled. Whereas we got something special happening here where products are being pushed and promoted and marketed. And might I add that marketing and advertising is being paid for by the taxpayer. It's being pushed. And tens of thousands of people are having adverse reactions. You have thousands of people that are dying immediately after getting it or, or within a week after getting it. And there's no real deep investigation. There's no real media coverage of this angle at all. You know, barely a whisper. I mean, I, I think that in itself should raise a uh, should raise a, a white flag. And and once again, you know, I, I have to throw out there that I don't, you know, I want my hope is that people will get have access to all the information, the good and the bad when it comes to press involving these uh, these shots so that people can make informed decisions because I I just I don't I'm having a hard time believing that all the information is being laid out there for people to make um, informed decisions. I've seen some of the literature when it comes to um, uh, battling vaccine hesitation and it doesn't really cover severe adverse reactions. It definitely doesn't cover deaths that are potentially linked to getting these shots. All it'll say is that it's mostly safe. Some will say it's completely safe and effective. But then at the same time say, oh, well, you can you can you can get COVID, you can transmit COVID, you can still die from COVID, but it's incredibly rare. So these things are completely safe. Well, no, if your if your product kills people and then it fails to protect the person or stop the person from transmitting it to someone else, what can you still call it a vaccine? Can you still call it effective and safe? I don't think so. Unless that definition and, and, and those terms have also changed with everything else. Because apparently the corporations control our dictionary as well along with our politicians and our institutions. So drifting back to the movie. <laughs> so, you know, V for Vendetta. It's an interesting movie. It's a, um, you know, rewatching it in 2021. It, it definitely will open your eyes and you'll see a lot of similarities and, and uh, some, some, some scary stuff. I mean, whether it be government surveillance and, or, uh, you know, uh, a police state, you know, and the rise of one major party that controls and dominates everything to the point where the, the people, the military and the police essentially become an extension of that uh, majority party for that country. And anyone who steps out of line, um, things just don't go very well for them. I mean, we're seeing that with a lot of the uh, nurses right now that are fighting to keep their jobs. Nurses that just simply wanted to exercise their freedom of choice and say, hey, you know what? I don't care if other people get these things, these shots, but not for me. I'm all right. Me and my family, we're just going to stick with the immune systems that, you know, we were we, our creator gave us and we're just going to push forward. And so many of them are being threatened, being fired and replaced immediately you know, all that stuff. And with Pfizer's uh, shot being FDA approved, that's just one more um, one more method or one more thing that can be used um, to, to push people right out the door. 
hey guys, wait a minute, it's FDA approved, so you can't say no. And I've had people today make comments like that. And it's like, well, well, no, I, I still can say no. You know, I mean, nothing's changed. My, my, my position is still my position. And the way I feel about others, people taking it is still the same. You know, if you feel that that's in your best interest for you and your family, hey, go to town, get all the shots, get them 15 times if you want. Don't care. Leave me alone. Just just leave me out of it. <laughs> Don't try to pass some legislation, which which is what's happening. Don't try to pass some legislation to force me to be with you to join your team. You know, I, I'm I'm OK. I just I want to do my job. I just want to be left alone. You know, raise, you know, raise my kids, that kind of stuff. You know, I just want to just live a normal human life and retire and then just go someplace, <laughs> you know, and, and just just leave me alone. You know, I don't think I'll be granted that that peace um, or uh, granted that same courtesy, which I which I'm happy to grant to others. Um, but I'm um, curious to see where where all this goes um, in the movie. V for Vendetta. It ended with a um, big climactic explosion of, uh, I think, part of Parliament was was blown up or something, and um, and then uh, a lot of the citizens uh, marched through their uh, through their capital wearing uh, these special masks that he distributed to all the people, and all they did was march. They were silent, and they just stood there. And the uh, military forces and the police forces uh, stood down and they all just just stood there in silence for a minute. But that movie, I mean, it reached a peak where people were starting to speak out and some people were vandalizing things. And um, I think a kid got shot by uh, by a police officer in that movie. And I mean, it just it reached a very, um, very high tone getting close to the end of the movie you know so I, I i wouldn't say it was a happy ending um but there were a lot of elements throughout uh throughout that movie that um were definitely you know like hey that, that feels kind of i think i saw that like a week ago or i think <laughs> i think i saw a bill that was introduced that sounds kind of like that but you know so anyway those are just some of my thoughts you know, I, I'm going back and I'm watching a lot more of these movies from uh, from the 80s, uh, 90s, early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. And this is just one of the ones I, I came across. Uh, I'm definitely going to go back. Um, there's some other great candidates that uh, that definitely <laughs> ring, ring some bells. And, you know, I recommend to anyone and everyone, if you get time, you know, look at some of these old movies and see if you feel the same way at the end, at the, the end credits, um, as you did when you watched it 10, 20, 30 years ago. You know, I, I find it all quite interesting. So thanks for listening and thank you for all your support and all your feedback. It's all greatly appreciated and feel free to drop me a line. Um, you can leave me a review on Apple podcasts. Um, you can also find me on, uh, apparently one of my other LinkedIn accounts, <laughs> My podcast Snell Nation account, that one seems to be fine. Um, hardly any connections. The main one, which had thousands, is gone forever, but that's okay. You can find me on there. Um, and Snell Nation at SnellNation11 at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for listening in. Snell Nation out.